felt like as his predecessors, Tankersley and Alexander, probably not. But let's find out how good he can be. The same thing I think applies with Ryan Carter, who was thought as an afterthought in recruiting. It was Kim Dietschy, It was Gallman. Carter was just the throw-in guy. And, and no, he's been very versatile. He's starting Nickelback entering this season if he stays healthy and obviously can give you a lot at corner as well. Now, the caveat to all of this, and Adrian and Greenville were with you 1,000% on the text line, 981566. Let's not forget about Trayvon Mullen. I think this kid has the potential of Mac Alexander, a true shutdown corner. Thoughts? Yes. Now, he hasn't done it yet, but when he signed, there was a big-time buzz surrounding his potential. And, Ben, he played last year. He's 6'2", almost 190 pounds. You know, he's he's a little thin compared to probably what you really want. But so much upside, and he is a lockdown corner. Now, he's just a sophomore, and he's backing up Carter as it stands now on the depth chart that came out about 10 days ago. Could he overtake that position at some point and become this year's Tankersley or Alexander? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that potential is there. I, I don't know if that if this is the season where that happens, though. You know, sometimes it takes a guy a year or two to get there, and it didn't happen for him last year, and it could have, and it didn't. Will it happen for him this year? I, you know, I, I, maybe. I'm not smart enough to say that's a definitive yes. Maybe is accurate there. I mean, he, he has that potential. But, again, my point is when you start talking about a defensive unit being potentially one of the best in school history, it's kind of what you're hoping for. But if that was – I mean, chances are if that was going to actually be reality, that guy is all – you already know that question. There's no maybe. Well, hey, Trayvon Mullen over there. I mean, he's a lockdown corner. Takes – cuts half the field off. I mean, if you're talking about – you're talking about the best in school history, that guy is already on your roster. You already know the answer to that when you're sitting here the last day of May. Right? Mullen? Yeah. That good? No, that's what you're. That's what you're saying. Oh, he, that you would know. Be. Oh, I yeah. totally lost that yeah. for a second. No, I was what like, I'm saying, oh my god, he would already be part <laughs> of. He would already be. You wouldn't be saying maybe he can become that. You would say, well, I know Trayvon Mullen is going to take away half the field, and plus we've got this front four. We got these All American linebackers. Now, okay, I missed the key component, the initial part of that conversation. Yes, I mean to be making those kind of statements in May, you would. You should already know that. And you you might be end up being correct. He might end up being that player this season. My point is that when you put all your stock, all your hopes and dreams in the defense saying that they're going to be the best, chances are you already know that that guy, the Trayvon Mullen that you described his potential, he's you already know the answer to that. He's already in your starting rotation yeah, and, and has already proven that he can be a shutdown. So, corner. and he's not there yet. He's not there yet, and he's probably three and a half, if not four inches taller than Ryan Carter, the current starter, which would give him a little bit of an edge. You would think right out of the gate initially, too. Not there just yet. Listed as a second teamer, uh, reserve snaps last year, special teams, I believe, last year. Is he going to be ready to take that next step? Behind him is Kayvon Wallace, another player that could also be a dual threat guy at safety if you need him. And Wallace is a backup at the nickelbacks uh, position, not the band, but the actual football position. And also at corner behind Mullen and behind Carter uh, at that one cornerback position. 
Uh, on the text line from the 864, Billy and Anderson, A.J. Terrell looks like a grown man coming in this year, too. He does. And at least one recruiting service listed him at five stars. You love his potential, but asking a true freshman to step in in any kind of significant role in the secondary or any position is an awful lot to ask, even these days when these guys come in physically more ready to compete than what we've seen at any point in the history of the game. It's still asking him a lot. So I, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be ready to go either. All these things factor into the overall conversation with the strength of this team this season and in particular with the defense. If the secondary had maybe one or two more proven commodities, especially when it comes to the pure shutdown cover corner like what Venables has had the last couple of years, Ben perhaps is more willing to make that jump best defense in the Venables era, and we're talking about one of the better units, if not the best defensive unit that Clemson's ever had, and that's saying a ton, given all the talent that was stockpiled here back in the 80s and given what we've seen in this decade as well. Taking it one step further, I will add this. The importance of such a player in a Venables coach scheme is significant and more significant, I would argue, than with most other defensive schemes that are out there. And here's why. Venables wants to take his shutdown corner, match him up on an island, as been indicated, against the top receiver for the opposition. And, you know, sometimes that, can, that player can swing back and forth. But you want to put your guy on a receiver and say, okay, you're locking him down. We're not going to worry about him. Go to work. Maybe you give up a player too, but for the most part, you keep him out of the end zone, you hold him under his average, and you feel pretty good about life those four quarters. If he gets that from a player, regardless of who it is, it enables him to be a bit more aggressive in bringing pressure. Pressure off the edge, pressure in terms of additional bodies in the box to provide run support, like from a safety such as Green, Curse, Johnson, whomever. If he gets that corner on an island, he can roll that safety down or whoever it is he wants to put in there and say, okay, we've now got an extra body here and we don't think you're going to be able to run against us because we've got our front four and this other dude who is pretty salty himself in part because we can ISO our corner on your receiver and feel decent enough about his chances of him shutting him down or at least preventing the big play. So here comes our extra safety down low. I don't need help over the top from him. My, my corner's got him covered, and this guy's going to give us run support. And that's one of the reasons Clemson, it's one of many reasons why Clemson has been so stout against the ground game in recent years. Venable scheme, I will say, depends on that, but when he's got it, they're going to be much more difficult to deal with. You follow me on all that? Uh, completely. And I think that's when Brent Venables is at his best. He can bring pressure from different from different angles. You never know who that extra guy is coming, and uh, but you know, a lot of that, like you say, starts in your secondary, mainly with your corners and your uh, your level of confidence in those guys not to have help over the top. It's a big deal. So if he can find it on this roster, and maybe he believes long term that Edmund or Carter can be that player. Not to the extent of Tankersley or Alexander. I just don't know that they're as gifted as those guys. No offense. And maybe it comes from Mullen or someone else this year. A highly touted freshman. You know, one of these guys will be on campus here. These these defensive backs will be on campus here in the next couple of weeks if they're not already. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it comes from one of those, those individuals. If it does, you're in business. 
if it doesn't, I think you need to be a little bit more conservative in the number of blitz packages you, you utilize this year. You can't really be calling those and down those up as much as you want to unless your front four is just really, really and truly that dominant. And that's something I think we're also hoping for, too. We'll see. We don't know that. We'll see. So, you know, I've got a few concerns there. The one area that I'm probably, as we get closer, that I am not as concerned about is the linebacker position. And, you know, I am still worried about, not worried, but I recognize the way that Ben Boulware was able to dissect plays quickly, call the alignment, call the shifts for those front four, get guys in the right place, know what play is coming. I, I do think that is a significant loss in just his mental approach to the game. But as far as the actual talent goes with the linebackers, I mean, two of your three guys are back, and you have a ton of talent that is going to be standing on the sideline waiting to get into the game. If they can get in the right position or, or at least recognize the play, I, I, I'm kind of talking myself off the ledge at linebacker. So you're more concerned about the secondary, less concerned at linebacker. Kendall Joseph is back. I, I, I feel automatically better by default with him in the mix. Underrated, too. Okay, right, right. Underrated, underappreciated here. Good dude, good personality, good skills, underrated on the field. Big fan, and we don't talk about him enough. And he's a local guy. He's a redshirt junior this season. He's been around the program forever, and he understands the Venable scheme. Kendall, Joseph, Dorian, and Daniel played a bunch of snaps. And O'Daniel was kind of flirting with the NFL, it felt like, for a while, and decided to to come back without, you know, officially jumping ship, which I think is good. So O'Daniel and Joseph, I think, are good. But losing bullware is where part of the issue begins. The intangibles of leadership. Enter Shaq Smith. Enter some other talented guys that we haven't talked enough about either, like Trey Lamar. All these players, by the way, cross-trained during spring practice, too. They played multiple positions so that Venables could try to find the right combination of players in the right positions to help ease that transition post-bull wear. But it may take a game or two to, you know, to really try to find where it all fits together the best. The key there... I think Lamar is going to get the job done stepping into a much more prominent role this year. Uh, to me, the key is Shaq Smith and kind of what happens with him. He was a five-star player, red-shirted last season. By most accounts, handled that very well. Is he ready for prime time? Uh, that could be an, a kind of a hidden key for this defense this year as well because his lateral sideline-to-sideline -side speed is off the charts just needs to be able to process the schemes in this defense and Venables himself more consistently to get there. And I think in time that will happen. The question is not if, the question is when. 654-7627 on the Northland Communication phone lines. Georgia Jeff up next. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Roy. How you doing? Doing well, buddy. Hope you are. I'm doing well. Um, I wanted to get your comments on Georgia's situation, if you didn't mind. Um I think right now on, on paper, of course, this has been many seasons where we say on paper at the University of Georgia, it's a common theme. Um, but on paper, the defense looks to be ultra-talented. Uh, front seven, secondary looks solid. Linebackers could potentially be the best in the league, not named Alabama or LSU. Definitely in the East, in my opinion. And I just think if George, I think Georgia's defense is good enough to be one of the elites of college football. 
And I just have that feeling that, you know, if Georgia can get something from the quarterback position, I think they have a chance to be a pretty good team next year. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they certainly have a chance, especially playing in that division. And Jacob Eason now is a sophomore. It's year two. It's year two under Kirby Smart. You feel better about that. Year two defensively. I, I, I feel better because of those things more than anything else. And, and, you know, if you find a way to beat Vanderbilt at home last year, we look at last season in a vastly different capacity than what we did. You didn't. And so it was a little disappointing, even though I think you closed semi-strong in that bowl game in the win against TCU. Talent-wise, I like it. I still wonder what's happening at wide receiver. Defensively, to your point, uh, you know, whether it's Patrick or Smith or Bellamy, the linebackers, I, I like him. Trenton Thompson potentially has been one of the better defensive linemen in the SEC, uh, at least for the last year and a half or so. And he's now a junior, so he should be ready to do something. But there's just, you know, the DNA at Georgia. Has it progressed to get back to where it was six years ago when you almost won a national championship? And I, I don't know the answer to that one just yet, Jeff. You know, I, I think you're getting close. I think you're close. But I, I don't know if you're ready I, I to think, take that step I, just yet. Well, I, I think the talent level on defense and 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 offense is, again, I think Georgia's loaded at running back. They're always going to be running loaded at running back. Tight ends, there's not a team in college football that has the level of uh, tight ends that Georgia has. I mean, it's it's unreal with Isaac Nada and Blazevich and Jackson Harris. Those those are NFL tight ends. Yep. And Kirby made it an emphasis on SEC media days, and that's why I kind of pumped the brakes last year. He said right there in media days that Georgia was not ready physically on the offensive line of scrimmage or the defensive line of scrimmage to compete at a high level. And, you know, people laughed at that. But he was right, and I think Georgia has addressed a lot of that. And, I, again, I'm, I'm happy with the talent level. Now it really just comes down to can Kirby Smart coach X's and O's. And I'll take it off there, Roy. Have a good day, man. Thank you. I don't know the answer to that. There's a lot based off of his past that would indicate he's been as prepared for this moment as anybody his age with his experience could possibly be. I would concede that in an instant. So, I mean, you, you you feel good about that. But with a decent amount of Mark Rick talent, they lost to Vanderbilt last year. So, has enough been learned since then to where they can get past those kinds of humps this year? You know, they, they should have beaten Tennessee at home. They probably should have beaten Vandy at home. Didn't happen in either case. You clean up those issues, then, then maybe we got something to work with. Is, is that a big if? Well, it could be. So, I mean, Kirby's got a lot to prove this year. You think back to you just mentioned uh, beating Tennessee at home. What if that circus catch go is not called? Right. Tennessee may have a different coach this year, and Boy, Georgia feels totally different about their program. Well, and I think the same thing would apply for the Vanderbilt thing. If you find a yeah, way to beat Vandy right. at home, yeah, I just don't, I don't have a lot of pity on somebody who loses to Vanderbilt at home. It's kind of a deal breaker for us. Yeah, it is. I think we're both comfortable saying Georgia takes a step forward. It's just how big a step it is. I don't. Ex- I don't expect them to be stuck in the the Mark Rick mediocrity uh, of this season being exactly like the last years and the year before and year before, where you're just left wanting a little bit more. I do think they they take a step forward. I don't see how they couldn't take a step forward. I mean, really. We'll see how they couldn't be better. All right, here's how they couldn't be better. To me, one game 
and one game only will dictate the fortunes of Georgia football this year, and that's the Florida game. Yeah, I mean, you, sooner you, or later, you got to beat them. So you you, you got to beat them. And I don't know if Malik Zaire is going to be approved to be eligible in time for this season, and maybe that doesn't matter by the time it actually gets here. Maybe he's not good enough to where it'll make that big of a difference at Florida. I mean, Florida's own you since McIlwain got there. They beat you by two touchdowns last year in Jacksonville. The one week after that 17-16 loss to Vandy, you were blown out at Ole Miss and where there was a clear talent gap between those two. So, if you beat Florida, it's hard for me to envision Georgia being worse than what you were last season record-wise. Last year, you're 8-5, and 4-4 four and four in the league. If you beat Florida, one more win, 9-4, and four, five and three in the SEC, and that may be good enough to get you to Atlanta, but you're not winning that game. That would be a step in the right direction. I mean, simplistically, that would be the next step for UGA. I mean, I know you, you, everybody wants to win a national championship in Athens this year, and I, I just you're not ready to do that just yet. I don't think you're good enough, at least on the offensive line, just yet to be able to do it. But taking another step would be better than 7-5 and five in the regular season and at least above 500 in SEC play, handling your business against teams that you're better than, and then beating Florida. And at that point, I think you're sitting there at around nine wins. That's a step. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Georgia fans, the majority anyway, expect to play for a national championship this year. Right. But they do want to, just like you're talking about, make that step. And the next step for Georgia is just win your division. You know, just... Win the division, then worry about the conference. But you've got to start with winning the division. And the way your schedule is this year, I just – I think that's the expectation. It it needs to be the expectation in Athens. If you beat Florida, you win the division. Yeah, well, even if you lose to Florida, you know, I don't know how good Florida's going to be. Uh, but, yes, if you, win, if you beat Florida, then I think you're almost assured to win your division because – there's just not a lot of right. not a lot of losses on the schedule, and if if you lose to some of these jokers, you don't deserve to win the division anyway. Six five four seven six two seven. Third hour continues. More of your phone calls, and a lot more headed your way up next. Hello, it's Neil Monahan with Monahan Company Real Estate. Now that your spring cleaning is done inside your home, it's time to think about a clean vehicle. As we celebrate our 10th year in business, this month the Monaghan Company is giving away one full month of unlimited car washes from Tiger Express Car Wash in Clemson. Tiger Express is Clemson's car wash, just like the Monaghan Company is Clemson's locally owned real estate company. Call us today at 639-1188 or stop by our College Avenue office downtown and let's talk real estate. It's always a good time to look and feel good. At Roosters Men's Grooming Center, you can count on a team that will make you feel your absolute best. The many services provided will keep you coming back for more. Come by for anything from a close shave and professional haircut to a seven-step facial shave. Fellas, treat yourself. You deserve it. Don't have enough time on your hands for the full service? Ask us about our express cut. Call 864-884-8920 to make your appointment. The best sound you'll hear this spring and summer is the sound of steak sizzling on your grill. Steaks from the Chopping Block. The Chopping Block only sells USDA prime beef, and Bruce guarantees what he sells. It's National Hamburger and National Barbecue Month, so stock up with steaks, chops, ribs, or pork loins from the Chopping Block. Grab a to-go meal or dine in for lunch with Bruce. The Chopping Block, Highway 81 in Powdersville, just south of 153, 220 
Looking good, Mr. King of the Hill. Mr. DXL Shopperman. Mr. Sharp Dressing. Confidence oozing. Style swaggering fashion stud. Looking good. All the brands you love, waist size 38 and up. DXL. You're looking good. Find the best selection of shorts from top brands like True Religion, Tommy Bahama, and Nautica. King Pallet Company in Liberty is hiring first shift laborers at $82.50 a day. Great pay at $82.50 per day. King Pallet Company, 843-2448. That's 843-2448. Complete Nutrition just released the most effective weight loss product we've ever created. Plus, it comes with a free 21-day step-by-step program to follow. And we guarantee you success. If you lose more than 21 pounds in the first 21 days, see Complete Nutrition to adjust your plan. Healthy weight loss should not exceed a couple of pounds per week. Find Complete Nutrition in Greenville on Woodruff Road, in Spartanburg on East Blackstock Road, and in Anderson across from the Harbor Inn on North Main. Everybody knows the story. You can't sleep on a bed that's too hard. You can't sleep on a bed that's too soft. But you can sleep on a bed that's just right. Engineered sleep might not have been around when Goldilocks was written, but they know that a bed that's just right is made just for you. It's not just a fairy tale. They actually build a mattress based on your sleep habits and patterns so that you can get that Goldilocks kind of sleep. And if after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process and learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there's no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking your mattress up instead of having it delivered. Engineered sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. WCCP. I'm here so I won't get fined. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Hour number three brought to you by our good friends at Loco Mart. It's Marathon Fueling the American Spirit. 480 Old Greenville Highway is the place to be. Best prices on gasoline here in the upstate, if not the entire state. Under new management, open until midnight, always student-friendly. Talked about this for the last couple of months, craft beer. They've got craft beer at their location, 480 Old Greenville Highway. You don't find that in a lot of convenience stores, but yet you find it at Locomart. Convenient to the campus, right across the street from Bojangles. Why is that the center of the Clemson universe? I have no idea. We always talk about that. I guess it's just a good reference point. But Loco Mart's right there. They're ready and waiting. Fill up the gas tank. Do what we've done at the station for the last couple of years. We do it each and every week because we save the most amount of cash filling up the gas tank. Our good friends at Loco Mart over at 480 Old Greenville Highway. Check them out today. Convenient to campus and the best in the business. The easy answer on the Georgia front would be this. There still feels like there's something missing there. And Ben, maybe this is our new holier-than-thou approach here because we just saw what it took to win a championship, right? We saw that. I mean, to beat Bama, 
who was undefeated and won 20-something games in a row coming into that national championship game. You needed a performance of the ages late. Now, you didn't play your best game, <laughs> and, and you still won, so I guess that's one way to look at it. But in that fourth quarter where you scored 21 points and two rushing touchdowns, and Bama hadn't even come close to giving that up all year long, you did something really special. And throughout last season, you overcame adversity, a weird home loss to Pittsburgh late. It was kind of strange, but you bounced back. You shut out Ohio State. Chips on the shoulder, motivation, no Heisman Trophy, more motivation, Dabo doing his thing. It was like this perfect storm of stuff that all went down to win the championship. But but at its heart and soul, there was a defensive front that was really, really nasty and an offensive line that was underrated. And then a star at the key position that was cool, calm, and collected under pressure, unlike anything we've seen. And, and then there were other things on top of that. There was a break. There was physicality. There, you know, you were tested. And, and Georgia, to me, isn't there yet. I mean, that, that's the simplest way I can put it. Having just watched a championship up close and personal here, Georgia is not that yet. And it's not that it can never be that. Certainly it can. It's done it before. But I, I, I think it's still a, a decent ways away from being that. And this is coming from a pro-Georgia show. We, we tend to paint yeah. things in the, with the, the silver britches brush more than not. But I don't think that they're ready for that. Georgia, to me, kind of feels like Clemson 10 years ago. The, the era that you went through there where at times you looked really good, but you lost to teams like Vanderbilt that you shouldn't. And further illustrate that, you get the text that says, Georgia was three plays away from being a 10-win team. Doesn't that just sound like a – and that's true. But doesn't that just sound like a Clemson of the 2000s kind of a statement? I mean, that's, that's so 2006. Thank you. I mean, where's Cullen Harper? I mean, no offense, he was a good quarterback. But, I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, right? for a while there, you were one play away you. That's kind of what you were here. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not going to shake up the whole ship because we just were one play away. 05, 06, 07. Preseason top 10, 2008, and then it all went away. You know, last year, Georgia blown out at Ole Miss, lost at home on a Hail Mary against Tennessee, which was 11th in the country at the time. Lost at home to Vanderbilt, which was just so weird. And then lost to Florida in the game formerly known as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party by two scores. Lost at home to Georgia Tech to end the season. Yellow Jackets were red hot and then came back to beat TCU in the Liberty Bowl. I, I mean, a nice win against number nine Auburn at home, 13-7, to seven, where the defense really shined. Nice win down in the Dome against North Carolina to open up the season, trailing by 10 in the third quarter, and then, uh, what, 19 unanswered to win 33-24. Outside of that, there's not a ton here to, that you feel great about. A one-point win at lowly Mizzou, three-point win at Kentucky, I mean, is Kentucky better positioned to compete with Georgia this year? Maybe down in Athens not, but that's an answer that we could talk about. It's not a gimme win. It's not a gimme, right. And Kentucky's improved. I mean, Stoops has done a decent job and kind of resurrected himself up in Lexington, I suppose. It should be a gimme win, though. Well, that's no, the thing. Well, I mean, you're talking... At home, yeah. You're not talking about basketball. You're talking Georgia, Kentucky, in football. 
That should be a gimme win every year. It should. It absolutely should. You lost four out of five games in the middle stretch of the season. To Ben's point, if that Hail Mary is not completed, Butch Jones probably doesn't have a job. But maybe you go on to have a different kind of season. Maybe you don't lose to Vanderbilt. Maybe that equates to two more wins and our whole outlook on Georgia changes. I mean, think about that for a second. Hail Mary doesn't happen. Vandy doesn't happen. What are we talking about with Georgia right now? Preseason top 10, certainly. Just because they would have won 10 games last year, assuming they would have gone to a better bowl and won that, maybe that's a big if too. So maybe that would have changed. They kind of struggled against TCU, but it happened finally. I like the talent on their roster. Jacob Eason has an NFL arm. I'm not a huge fan of their offensive play caller and Jim Chaney. The people I know in coaching circles are not a big fan of him either. That's not just me telling you based off what I saw. That's kind of the inner workings of college football talking somewhat there too. I like the talent. I don't love Chaney. The schedule is interesting, but I think it's doable in non-conference play. The larger issue is the change of culture there. And I'm not sure that that's where that program is yet. I could see Georgia this year at 9-3 and three in the regular season not going to the SEC championship game. That, that's, if I had to gauge it, uh-huh. that's kind of where I would lean. Well, you know, ugly win against App State. Maybe they grind out a one-point win at Notre Dame. You know, they win those kinds of contests. They, they slip maybe at Tennessee again. They lose against Florida. And then they lose at Auburn, and then they find a way to, you know, the, to win the other games. And, and, and so you're kind of left looking at it afterwards like, what just happened? We won more games, but we don't feel great about it. It, it feels like one of those years. And I, I think part of that's just kind of a DNA culture. We're not where we quite need to be yet, but maybe we're turning the corner long term. Like if I had to just handicap it, that's what I'm thinking. And Vegas right now has got the over-under for Georgia listed at eight. Uh, that was just sent to my Twitter timeline, too. Oh, I could see a Georgia team being eight and four playing in the SEC championship. Okay, so Even, I mean, it, you could because they could lo- they could easily lose at Notre Dame, and I mean they didn't beat Georgia Tech at home last year. You know who's to say they're gonna who's to say that they're gonna win that game in Atlanta this year? I, I you know I I don't I mean they could win those they could lose those non conference, and you know and it, one thing that just occurred to me too to the texture said you know three wins away from. From uh, from winning ten games, you're also three or three plays rather. You're also three plays away from losing three other games. One of those being Nickel State for crying out loud. Not to mention Missouri. What, what did Nickel? Oh, that's right. Nickels had him on the ropes. Nickels, not yeah. dime, but Nickels. I, I mean, uh, you know, and then Kentucky by a field goal there. <laughs> I forgot about that game. Yeah, that was last season. Twenty six twenty four over Nickels. 28-27 at Missouri. 27-24 at Kentucky. 13-7 at home against Auburn. Yeah, one-point loss to Tech, a one-point loss to Vandy, a three-point loss to Tennessee. Yeah. But, I mean, the swing there is is off the charts. That's important to point out, too. I, I, that, I'm glad you mentioned that. Nichols. Nichols did that. I mean, yeah, three more plays go your way. You could uh, You could have won 10 games. But you could have had a disastrous season with three plays not going your way. Six five four seven six two seven. 
we would be singing a vastly different tune today as well. Thank you for pointing that out. James is up with us next on the Northland Communication phone lines. Hey, James. Hey, appreciate you getting me on. You got it. Uh, I'm a Georgia fan. Just a couple quick points, I think, I guess, reasons to be excited. You know, obviously last year it wasn't the way we wanted to go, but, you know, if you look at our offensive line for a freshman year quarterback, you couldn't ask for a much worse offensive line to have that. Yes, there were some close games. You look at Nichols, you look at Missouri, other games that we won we probably shouldn't have. Main point, you know, I think I think that Tennessee game just took the wind out of us. I don't think we lose to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I think that really changes the whole complexion of our season right there. Um, but I think there's a lot to be excited about. Big, big recruiting class coming in, and I think the culture has changed. You know, Kirby was able to convince four or five NFL-caliber players to come back and buy into the program, and, you know, I, I think that speaks to links. I'm not very sold on Cheney. That and my – that and offensive line are my two biggest question marks. If we can get over that, I'm fully expecting a 10-2 and two type of year and, and an appearance in Atlanta. But I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. I mean, those are two big ifs. If our offensive line, if our play caller, if we can get past that, that screams 2008 around here. That that yeah. was the that's the garbage I was giving you nine years ago. Well, they've got the best. They got a leading returning receiver in school history coming back. You've got thunder lightning in the backfield, and uh, you got a quarterback that's just coming off the single most impressive season statistically in key areas, returning now as a junior or senior, whatever he was. Oh, they'll find a way to make the offensive line work, and, and Spence will be better. That's a very slippery slope to try to climb. It, you know, and yet replace the starters up front. It, the offensive line wasn't good last year. Will they be better this season? Yeah, they could. Or is that, you know, an issue where the recruiting's got to take hold and it's going to take you two cycles to get there or more? Th- those are main, Those are serious issues there. A play caller, which I think everybody unanimous, unanimously thinks is an issue, and then your offensive front, which has struggled. Th- those are big-time issues, right? I think, I think Mike's point, though, and I understand it is, the offensive line has to be better. Almost, by, they were so bad. By default, they have to be better. The play calling has to be better. I, I, you know, you don't know that they will, but I, if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm saying that same thing. It can't be as can't be as bad as it was last year. You know, I, I understand it. You have an experienced backfield. You have more experience at quarterback now. Offensive line has to be better. Last year was the first year with a new head coach and staff. They have to, they have to get it all together better than they did last year, right? Right. I mean, that's sort of what you're saying. It has to be better, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're kind of cringing right now listening yeah. to that if you're a Georgia fan, right? Because you don't know that that's going to be the case. And I think we're in agreement, though, you know, back to how we started this conversation. They have to be better than they were last year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do this. We'll step aside. We'll take our final break. Much more headed your way in our final segment. We'll wrap it up talking some college football. And we'll leave you with this text as well from the 828 Mike. I've heard it every year since 1980. Nobody does less with more talent than UGA. Great recruiting school. Can't convert it to the field. Smart is more of the same. Back to wrap it up after this. 
Anything that's made just for you is a perfect fit, right? Like a tailored suit, it fits your measurements, no one else's. That same kind of fit is exactly what Engineered Sleep strives for. A mattress made just for you, built to your sleeping patterns and habits. What could be more important than a good night's rest? Engineered Sleep wants to make it a perfect night's rest. If after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process. Learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there is no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking up your mattress instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep. It's not mattress shopping. It's an experience. can't make a living walking in the woods, but you can at least get there in confidence on a set of Toyo Open Country MTs installed by the Pendleton Tire Company. Wrap those Toyos around a set of Fuel, Moto, Metal, or XD wheels. How about a lift from Rough Country, Fabtech, or McGoy's? Finish off that look with a set of NFAB step bars, and don't forget the WeatherTech floor liners. Call Joey or Zach today at 646-3694, or check us out at PendletonTire.com. What business doesn't like to save a little money where they can? Crute LED has partnered with Duke Power to do just that. Whether you need LED tube lights, $4 after rebate, LED high bay fixture, $79 after rebate, parking pole light, $99 after rebate, or 6-inch down lights, $4 after rebate, Crute LED will pass on Duke Power rebate up front to you with a verification of your business's Duke Power bill. Visit online at CruteLED.com or visit their office at 109 Interstate Boulevard in Anderson right before J. Peters on exit 19B. Bill collectors, are they calling, making threats? What is the truth? Don't be afraid. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait for them to sue you. Call me, Robert King. I will listen to you, and together we will look for a calm, clear, thoughtful solution to your legal problem. Thompson and King, 300 South Tower Street in Anderson. Call 222-0200. Thompson and King is a debt relief agency helping people file for bankruptcy under the bankruptcy code. Have you ever looked at your carpet after a cleaning and thought, man, what is that gunk and residue they left behind? Do you worry about the harsh chemicals that cleaning companies use that could harm your loved ones? Well, worry no more. Zero Res is the standout carpet cleaner brand you can count on. Their patented no-residue cleaning system leaves no man behind on your beautiful home. Call today at 864-588-7300. Zero Res. Spell it backwards or forwards. It's the right way to clean. Have you been in search for that perfect job opportunity? Well, look no further because Carolina Heating Service is currently looking for individuals to expand their team. Locally owned and operated for over 35 years, we specialize in generators, electrical services, residential light, commercial HVAC sales, service and installation, as well as geothermal systems. Top professional opportunities available anywhere from electricians, installers, service technicians, management, and customer service reps. Worried about benefits? Carolina Heating Service has you covered. Enjoy paid holidays and vacation days, a 401k, training programs, major insurance and full-time year-round stable work, as well as overtime opportunity. Basic qualifications include a drug test, background check and physical, as well as a valid driver's license. Other qualifications are subject to position applying for. The search could be over for you soon. Make that career leap. Apply now at carolinaheating.com and join our award-winning team. 
Roy Philpott on WCCP. Fourth quarter's coming up from Death Valley. Second half is underway. Ten seconds, and it can't stop now. Nebraska's out of timeouts, and Clemson has indeed proved itself to be the number one team in all of college football. Here's the end of the game. Are we finished? Done. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. I mean, it's funny how differently we would look at Georgia, too. If that pass out in the flats from Aaron Murray, I think it was to Conley. Could be wrong of the receiver that, that landed about six yards uh, short of the end zone against Bama in the SEC championship game in 2012. If that whole sequence changes, Georgia wins a national championship that year. Mark Rick's still the head coach, and a, a lot of things are different. So, I mean, they, they were close. They've been close. But since then, they've obviously regressed, and there's the coaching change, and Kirby comes on board, and you're trying to do it a new way. You're reinventing yourself a little bit. I, I still think, big picture, the DNA there is not quite what it needs to be to win that title, to take that massive step forward. And to me, it happens methodically as opposed to just lightning in a bottle. I suppose at a blue blood school, you know, you can do it. And Georgia kind of is that because of the natural recruiting advantages. But I tend to think with that team where it has been for such a long period of time, their last SEC championship was 05. It's probably going to take you a couple of years to get back to that point. My- and, well, I mean, and then you got you to gotta leapfrog Alabama, which is just a massive, massive deal. I'm not concerning myself with Alabama this year, though, if I'm Georgia. I know you want to think that you're going to beat those guys in a SEC championship. You're just not this year. Your concern needs to be winning the division in when it's as down as it's been in recent memory. Uh, it might be it might be more down this year than last year. I mean Tennessee, you know Tennessee's down. Florida, you're not sure what, not ever sure what you're going to get there. South Carolina obviously still down. I, I mean, it's it's right there. You got to beat. You can't let Missouri beat it and win it again. I, I mean, think about that. They've won it twice since you have. Georgia's got to win the East this year. Plain and simple. That's what. That's what your goal needs to be. And that's not really. It's not a. That's not a pipe dream that you're gonna to win the East. I mean, that's what you should do. Especially when it's like this. How do we go from Clemson special teams to this? How do we make that transition? Where did where did that where did we go wrong? George there? Jeff. George he is Jeff. the root of all evil. No, no, Jeff's fine. Jeff's fine. I'm just last time he him. called us, we got hit by lightning. That's true. No, that was like two times ago. I'm kidding. But, but I mean, yeah. you you like their talent. Their talent. I do. The offensive line needs some work. All right. They still need to find like that game-changing receiver. Is Riley Ridley that or Terry Godwin? I've heard some quiet good things about those guys. I, I don't know that they're ready for that kind of prime-time deal. But I like the overall roster, the 85 scholarship limit roster. I, I From top to bottom, I like it. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. So can, can we kind of wrap it up on Georgia with, with that? I mean, I... Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're back there just just pulling your hair out talking about it because we just we've kind of banged it now for the last last 35 minutes or so. All right, wrapping up the Clemson special teams too. Is there a return guy that you want 
because we, we never really got – and they didn't release the post-spring depth chart with a return game that I'm seeing online on the official website. Um, is there a return man on this roster that you're thinking about right now? That's my guy. That's who I want returning kicks and punts this year. I know, I know what you're going to say. Uh, no, I'm gonna, you don't know what I'm going to say. I want Ray Ray McLeod not to drop the ball. Uh, uh, okay, okay, all right. I, this is going to shut me up. He's the most experienced guy in that position that you have coming back. Renfro? I want, I want him not to drop the ball. Renfro? If you have trouble with people catching, fielding punts, then I want Hunter Renfro to field punts. He is by far the most sure-handed guy on the team, bar none. I don't don't tell me about T Higgins or anybody else coming in. I'm I'm sure they're going to be great, but I want a proven guy that I know. If you can't do anything else, you can catch a punt, and that's Hunter Renfro, plain and simple. Renfro, Ray Ray, Cornell Powell. Powell, I, I think, yeah. could be the wild card here. That that and that was my that was my other go to. Um, but we have. We have a zero tolerance policy for dropping punts. If if I'm a coach, that's zero tolerance for dropping a punt. It happens. You're you're executed. I mean, what happened? That sounds that sounds pretty brutal. You run stadium stairs while the game is still going. Oh on. my god! Now that would be brutal. <laughs> yeah, that would be hideous. That's that's something like Danny Ford would do. He'd probably make some of his players do that. I I, I like that depth chart. And then I think you continue to self-scout what you've done in the return game the last couple of years. And Dabo made it a priority entering last season to to clean up some of the special teams' issues. And they got better. I thought they got a lot better last year. Will the next step be taken this season in regards to special teams? Uh, to me, that step is your punter, couple more yards per kick, ample get-off time. It's not a big issue. Become more of a weapon in the art of gaining hidden yardage. And then also, Greg Hugel, more consistent with the chip shot field goal attempts and PATs. And in the return game, the threat to be more explosive. Because a lot of times, I mean, if you get a punt return or a kickoff return for a touchdown early in the season, that film's out there. And so what happens? Well, it's a two-prong effect. Number one, the threat of it means that the scheme's working against you, the, the, the player's working against you. They're more on edge, and, and maybe that creates more opportunities for you. But then also as teams begin to prepare for what you bring to the table, you say, well, wait a second. We got to spend this amount of time in our practices getting ready for this cat returning punts and kicks because he's electric. And so that steals some time from what you're trying to accomplish with your other Units, offense, defense, and other specialty teams. That makes sense. So, so if Ray Ray McLeod's the guy, and let's say in the first month of the season he doesn't drop a punt and he returns one or two kicks for touchdowns, then in the months of October, November, even if he doesn't return another kick or punt for a score, other teams have to focus in on containing him. So that steals away minutes and snaps and time in the preparation for your offense and defense. So you, you see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. the The other side of that, though, is just punt return I, I, again I mean we we talked about it for over an hour it's important but it's still more important not to turn the ball over in that situation uh in in the 
in the in today's formation, uh, you know, the way that you line up in your formations with punts and punt returns, there you don't get a ton of opportunity. I'm just thinking, kind of thinking about it out loud. You don't used to get an opportunity pretty much every punt, and now I mean it's kind of the game has turned into just fair catching the ball. Um, well, the punters have had a lot of lot to do with that too. They're getting more height. They're becoming better with their placements. Yeah. And those kinds of things. That's part of it, but you're right. Yeah. So the number one thing, and that's always been my the tune I sing when it comes to this, the number one thing is catch the ball. Catch the ball. But when you do have an opportunity to return it, do something do do something that like you're talking about makes opposing coaches take note, plan for it, scheme for it. It'd be great to see. I mean I I think that's in the Dabo era. We haven't seen a ton of enormous plays in your favor in special teams. That's like the one thing you can try to nitpick if you really want to. Mm-hmm. It would be great to see that return. And I guess the other thing, the beef is there. You, you've had the athletes, it feels like. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll go back and watch Martavis Bryant returning kicks, and he just looks totally out of sorts doing it. And you're thinking, why doesn't this work? You know, TJ Green would do it. I never thought that that was really a great fit, but they did it. And maybe it's just to make sure that certain guys stay healthy. Also on the text line, Tammy and Seneca, it's not, not all on the returner. Clemson needs to block better on punts. You know, last year they went more to the mentality of playing upperclassmen on special uh, special teams. It wasn't, uh, you know, across the board, but they did some of that. So that that's part of it. So, I, you know, they're getting there. They're getting there. But again, the big beef would be, You've had all these incredible, explosive players, wide receiver and running back. It seems like somebody would just be an absolute natural at returning punts and kicks. Maybe that guy is Cornell Powell. You know, Sammy Watkins did it some, but then wasn't consistent and then had the drop season, so then it didn't happen. Other guys have tried to do that, and it hasn't happened. Then they got conservative because of Deshaun, and rightfully so. Perhaps this will be the perfect storm with Clemson specialty teams. And we bring up all this again because – in our heart of hearts, we think the offense won't be as good. The defense is still going to be really good. Where can you make up some of the lost yardage, potentially with special teams, if Spires can get get the job done at quarter at uh, punter, and also uh, you know Greg Hugo in the return game coming into fruition as well. I didn't think that we would spend that amount of time on it, but we ended up doing that, and that speaks to its importance. We'll be watching this, all of this, obviously this fall. You're taking a, a team that won a national championship, trying to figure out places that they can improve this year over last year you can improve in the punting game and we think that they will uh last year coming in we said you can improve in special teams coverage and they did this the 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 other thing is return game you've got to improve in the return game that's an area that you can improve in going into this year no doubt no doubt and again of importance because too you expect closer games 17-16, 17-16, your kicker better be on point. Your punter better be booming it, and your return game better be on point as well. All right, good stuff. Quick reminder, Walt up to the Road Rage coming up next. Looking forward to hearing uh, from uh, Walt. Should be a lot of fun as always. we got the Clemson Regional coming up this weekend. Tigers, Vanderbilt, UNCG, and I got the email from the, our good friends up in Greensboro today. They don't like to be called UNC Greensboro or Greensboro. It's UNCG. G, yeah. It's got to be. So you knew you knew about that. I didn't know about that. Grew up in that area. Yes. So that and they've always been that way. Yes. UNCG. Louisiana Lafayette tells all the announcers that come in there to call games, uh-huh. you must call us Louisiana. But it's actually illegal 
if you read like the bylaws in the state of Louisiana to do that for some reason. And so ESPN tells you, no, you can't call them Louisiana. You're like, well, what do I do? It's Louisiana Lafayette. Here at UNCG, you can call them UNCG. But I, I didn't know the Spartans had to be called UNCG. Got to be passionate about something. <laughs> Might as well be that. Might as well be the acronym. <laughs> hey, we're BYOG here. We, we care a lot about that here. I, I did see a few, few hours ago uh, from Clemson's baseball account that there are still limited tickets available for the regionals this weekend. Good. So uh, you can get those at 1-800-CLEMSON. And one other thing that we have not mentioned very much here on the show is uh, a little station promotion is that we're now podcasting every hour of every show of every day on iTunes and also at WCCPFM.com. Um, our first two hours of the show are already there. They're usually there about five minutes after the hour ends. Really? So go to WCCPFM.com, click on Roy Philpot show information, for example. All of them are listed there. You can go to iTunes and just subscribe to them, have them downloaded to your phone every day, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. That is crafty. Never miss a word spoken. And you can go back and re-listen to the first hour and hear the really freaky thing that happened to me on Memorial Day that we talked about, and then correlate that with a tweet that came in, backing up, cooperating, uh, really, the, the story that I gave you. If you need to be freaked out on a Wednesday, I, I think we got just what you need. So go back and listen to the first hour there. You can find that on iTunes now. I didn't even know that. So I can download my little podcast icon on my iPhone. Yeah. And all- it comes in automatic. I can download myself. It's only, it's only been that way for about a month there, Roy. So, uh... Another thing you do on your phone is read the station emails that describe this kind of Well, I read them. I just didn't yeah, realize. I, know. It was, I, know. I didn't realize it was that complex. I also, mean, we're in the 21st century here now. We are. Yeah, it's good. Podcast. Station's gotten a lot better. There's no doubt about it. Text line says, why not C.J. Fuller as a punt returner? Yeah, Fuller's probably going to be in the mix, too. C.J. Fuller will probably be in the mix, and we started the return conversation highlighting how he almost took it to the house against Bama. We only have a minute left. C.J. Fuller could be a wild card for this team next year. We don't talk a lot about him, in the obviously in the running game and then at punt returner, special teams. Yeah, he's in the mix. He has a breakout year. I mean, you like if I told you right now, hey, C.J. Fuller is going to have a Wayne Gallman type year. You're going, okay. I, I would take <laughs> game that. on, right? I would definitely take that. He's not yeah. the Wayne train, but he's not half shabby either. Wayne train just signed his uh, a four year contract with the Giants. As a matter of fact, so. He's CJ, nice this, is, this could be uh, a money year for CJ. Have a breakout year. Could be you. That's right. 